0: Hi, good morning, grace and peace from God our Father and from Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Lord. I welcome you to our service this morning and I trust that you've had a happy new year and I trust that all is well with you, uh, yours and also your household. 2020 is now history and for many 2020 has been a difficult and challenging year. COVID-19 has infected uh, millions of victims. Many people have lost their parents, spouses, uh, children, relatives or friends due to the virus. It has affected our way of living, affected our family lives, our home lives, our places of work. It's even affected our forms of worship and even how we do our shopping. The pandemic has resulted in an economic crisis everywhere. Millions have lost their jobs, their investments, and probably their savings. Some, I believe, have even lost their houses. Not to mention the problem of mental disorder, abuse, and cabin fever, and depression. Yes, we all have had our share of dangers, toils, and snares. But in the midst of it all, God has still been good to us, and it's important as we reflect on the year that's gone by. We have had our good days, although we've had moments of ups and downs, but we can always find things to be thankful for. And as we meet together via technology, um, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So let's give thanks to him. And bless his holy name. Let's um, unite our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning and we realise that although we call you Father in heaven, you are living here with us by your Spirit. And so we are filled with joy and thankfulness for waking us up this morning to enjoy your peace and your presence Thank you that you are always with us and will never leave us. Thank you that you are all the, sorry, thank you for all the great things that you have done, but we thank you especially for our salvation that was accomplished at Calvary through the finished work of Christ. Your incredible sacrifice so that we might have freedom and life. So thank you for, for giving us Thank you for your great love and care, for your mercy and for your grace and your infinite generosity. Thank you for your amazing power and work in our lives. Thank you for your goodness and for your countless blessings. Thank you that you are able to bring hope, even in the toughest of times. Strengthening us for your purposes. To this end, help us to continue trusting. Even in these difficult times. Because in times like these, we certainly need you, a saviour. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you too for our spiritual gifts. And God, you have blessed us with so much. That is why we take this time just to thank and praise you from whom all blessings flow. God, you are so good. And your mercies endure forever. Renew our spirits Fill us with your peace and your joy and we give you praise and thanks for you alone are worthy. And just for this day again, Lord, we give you thanks, a day that you have given us. Help us to rejoice and to be glad in it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. This is the first Sunday following Epiphany which is normally celebrated on the 6th of January, which commemorates the wise men's visit to the baby Jesus, the one who was born the King of the Jews. Matthew tells us that on coming to the house where Jesus was, the Magi saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And we know that the Magi presented their gifts to Jesus, but the first gift they gave along with themselves was their worship and jesus is where you are so let us as we come into his presence bow down and worship him because he alone is worthy i'll just remind you that this prayer meeting on wednesday the 13th of january via zoom as a fellowship we continue to remember those who need that special touch from god and so we uphold those who are in need within the fellowship and those others that that we know. And I believe that God delights to hear the prayers of his people as we intercede for one another. And sometimes we should put ourselves in their shoes as we pray for them. And sometimes it's good maybe to try and sense their heartaches. So pray for those that we love and know, those in need. And we name them before the Lord, asking that He would meet them at their point of need and can I just encourage you that when we have food, help us to remember the hungry. when we have work, help us to remember those who are jobless. When we have money in our pockets, maybe we remember the poor. When you and I have a home, remember the homeless and maybe those who are sleeping rough. And for those who have no pain, let's continue to remember those who suffer. I'll stay quiet for a few moments as you bring before the Lord the names of those on your hearts and mind, those who need that special touch, healing or blessing, whatever it is. A few moments of silence and then I'll pray. Lord, you invite those who are troubled and weary to come to you for rest. And so this morning we bring before you those burdened with grief, so that you may break into their grief and share their sorrows, and so give them calm and rest in soul. Remember before you those who are troubled with fear and anxiety, those fearful for their work, those fearful for their finances, those with the cares of the world, whatever the issue could be illness could be the illness of a loved one Lord would you draw alongside them so that they may know you and find rest in you I pray Lord you would drive away their fears so that they would find that rest for themselves Lord we remember those who just need that special touch from yourself Remember those, Lord, who are maybe just bowed down with the cares of the world. Those who maybe are feeling lonely. Those who um, are just wondering what is happening in this life. I pray, Lord, that they would find the answers in you. So draw alongside them as a friend. How possible it is for some, Lord, to feel lonely, to feel they haven't. in a friend, a friend in the whole world, almost to the point of despair. And yet, Jesus, you invite all such people to come to you and to find rest in your friendship. Lord, we invite those who are depressed and scared, maybe at the end of their tether, those who feel worthless and those who feel they really don't matter. I pray, Lord, that you would make them aware that they do matter to you. Recall to their minds and hearts, Lord, that Jesus loves them. And Lord, we pray for those who are weak, increase their power as they continue to walk with you in tough times we remember the vulnerable keep them safe lord remember those who are constantly facing the demands of being a christian and amid all the pressures and responsibilities of christian service help them to abide in you to the same lord we remember our own pastor and family heal we pray be with our church deacons those in leadership roles every member, every adherent, and all who are viewing and are listening. Lord, coronavirus continues to threaten our lives, our livelihood, our economy, our worship. So we continue to uphold all key workers, whether it be those, Lord, emptying our bins or delivering the mail, utility workers, supermarket or food shop workers, all key workers who are serving us, as they continue, despite the risk, I pray Lord that you would keep them safe. We pray for the government leaders at Westminster and also Holyrood, Boris and Nicola, and their cabinets as they respond to medical and scientific advice, making tough decisions for the well-being of all. Of all. I pray Lord that you would grant them wisdom. We pray for all who serve on the front line in the NHS and in social care facing, as it seems, increasing numbers of COVID-19 patients. We thank you for the vaccines, praying, Lord, that they will be effective, and asking you that these vaccines will be available to all worldwide. Help us, Lord, to continue to lift our eyes upward to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, may all of us be led by you to lie down in green pastures, And as we do so, lead us beside quiet waters. May we lie down, be content, and leave our burdens and find rest in Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So let's sing together in our homes. Rouse your neighbours if you have to. Am we going to sing across the lands, or if you prefer, you're the word of God the Father. Our reading this morning is from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. And I'm reading from the NIV uh, this morning. God's word says to us, sing, O daughter, Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Life is often filled with good news and bad news. People often say to us, I have good news. And bad news, what do you want to hear first? And then you probably heard the story, well, what, what's the good news? And the guy says, well, the car seatbelts work. So you really don't know, well, sorry, you really know what the bad news is. But we usually ask for the bad news first. So we get that out of the way and then hopefully we're able to rejoice in the good news. Bad news sometimes followed by the good news. And so it is in the book of Zephaniah, as it is in many of the minor prophets. There's always bad news, and then sometimes we come to the good news, and there's quite a lot of bad news in the book of Zephaniah. 700 years before Jesus was born, the northern kingdom, that would be Israel, had been destroyed by the Assyrians. The ten tribes of Israel were basically wiped out. And Zephaniah the prophet appeared around a 100 years later in the southern kingdom of Judah. But now Judah, like Israel, had abandoned God, wanted nothing to do with him in their lives. Idolatry had run rampant. There was cult prostitution. Child sacrifices. Uh, there was criminal activity. Criminal activity was everywhere. Merchants cheated their customers. Widows suffered in poverty. And power was abused by those in authority. Zephaniah was probably an unpopular preacher or, or, or prophet, as out of the three chapters, two and a half two and a half chapters are filled with woes. And warnings dealing with judgment dealing with destruction and speaking about the end of the world so everywhere things looked bleak and people were not hopeful and then God steps in and he brings hope and no matter how often especially as I said in the minor prophets we have these warnings They are never the final words from God, because often as not good news follows. Joel, for example, tells the people to seek the Lord and basically says there is still time. He spoke about judgment to come, but he said there's still time. He tells the people, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. In Zephaniah's good news, amid the consequences of sin, there's a strikingly beautiful promise of forgiveness that offers a glimpse of the depths of God's love for his people. And even though the prophet had to tell the people that their land and lives would be devastated because of their sin, he tells them that the Lord would still rescue them from destruction. And when we look around us, there are many things that perhaps cause us to lose hope. And yet when we come to God and we look at His promises, there is a great hope for the future. And God offers to us the hope of complete forgiveness The hope of freedom from fear he offers us the hope of salvation he offers us the hope of his love it is all there for us jesus is the source of all our hope and of our lives and he should be first that we look to for the future this morning i want to look at a particular verse that has been called uh, the John 3 verse 16 of the Old Testament is in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Is that not an amazing verse at the start of a new year? To know that God is with you. And as part of the verse says, God delights in you. I just think that's amazing that God should delight in us. And when you think about that, let me assure you that God has emotions and feelings. He has love and warmth and affection towards us, his people. In this one verse, we see how God loves us with five unbelievable, yet reassuring promises as we go into 2021. We speak about his presence. He tells us about his power. He tells us about his pleasure and his peace, and his praises. And it's a great verse, that I want to leave with you, and look at with you, this morning. Number for the first thing, the Lord your God is with you. What a a verse, what a promise. The presence of God. And you and I, you and I must stop and realise, That we're not alone god is in our midst he is with us god is with you god is not just watching you but he's walking through life with you he's not just near you he's right in the midst of whatever you're in the midst of and jesus promised that he would not leave us as orphans his promise to never leave nor forsake us carries us through each day. And if you know Jesus through new birth, he promises to be your constant companion. And you and I have the spirit of the Lord within us. If we are believers, we are not alone. So when you feel abandoned, listen. Get it out of your mind. God is with you. When you think that you are without hope, God is in your midst. When you feel forsaken, God is there with you. When you reach the end of your terror, God is there. Jesus walks with you. So you and I should be living every day as though Jesus was there by our side, walking alongside us. Someone once said, live as if Jesus is living in your house. Live as if Jesus was working alongside you in your place of work. Live as if Jesus was shopping in the same same shops. That's difficult for me to say. Live as if um, Jesus was shopping in the same shops that you shopped in. But he does. He is with us. The Lord your God is with you. And God is pleased to be with us. He takes delight in our presence. You and I do not walk the pathway alone. He is with us even in the dangerous and difficult times. A German named Martin Rinkart wrote a powerful hymn that has been sung in churches for over 400 years. In the year 1607, Rinkart wrote a hymn. The same time as he wrote that hymn, over 6,000 people In the German village where he lived, including his wife and his children, died of pestilence. In the middle of the great catastrophic social and personal loss, Rynka wrote such an amazing hymn. Now thank we all our God with heart and soul and voices. And sometimes we think, how can he write that? And he wrote it in the midst of his loss. Verse 2 starts, oh bount- oh sorry, verse 2 starts, oh may this bounteous God through all our life be near us. Here is Jesus, the presence of God. And although he was in the midst of his loss of his family, he still knew the presence of God, and the presence of God still brings joy no matter what we go through. Why did he he write such a hymn? Maybe during this tragic loss, Rinker understood what Jesus was trying to tell us, that in this world, you and I will have troubles. But take heart, God is still on the throne. And God is with us. So focus on him. Focus on the throne. Set our eyes and our hearts and our soul on him has the power to help you face and overcome your tragedies and your heartaches. Listen, <laughs> life is not always easy. It wasn't easy for Elijah. He, he ran for his life after Jezebel threatened to have him killed. And you know this story. the story. Elijah traveled for 40 days and 40 nights. He went to the Mount of Horeb, the mountain of God, and he went into a cave and it was nighttime. Nighttime. It's in such a time, the time of quiet, when our minds are less affected by the things of this life that God often speaks I would assume that God speaks mostly to us in the quiet and the stillness of night time. And it was night time when God came and spoke to Elijah, not with words of assurance, but with a probing of Elijah's heart, and asked him this question, what are you doing here, Elijah? Was Elijah somewhere Where he shouldn't have been? Was he trying to flee from the presence of God? I know he's fleeing from Jezebel. What was he doing there? Had God sent him there? Sometimes God has to awaken us out of our going our own way. Like Adam being asked by God, where are you? Like the prodigal son when the light was suddenly switched on as he tended the pigs and he said, what am I doing here? He came to himself and returned to his father. Let me ask you, where are you in your spiritual lives? Are we in a dark place? And the cave, the cave may remind us of the darkness and perplexity in which our own hearts may find ourselves in or to be involved in. And and, and staying in a dark place is not a place where God wants us to stay. He doesn't want us staying in the dark and in the gloom. Because in such a time and in such a place, you and I can be swallowed up in despair. And God knows that. And so he says to Elijah, Elijah, go out go out of the darkness go out and stand on the mountain in the very presence of God is that not a great place to be standing where Jesus is in order that he can sustain us encourage us and strengthen us so that you and I can know the victory so well, in the cave here's the amazing thing Even if Eliza was trying to get away from God, God never forsook him. He never forsook him. God had not left him. And so he says, get up, get out and stand. Unless we leave the cave of gloom and perplexity and darkness, unless we leave all that behind and stand before the Lord, you and I will never find victory in life or peace in our own hearts. I would say to you, leave 2020 behind. Go and stand in the presence of God. And what I like about this story is, God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. And God will come to you and I, and he won't whisper sweet nothings in our ears that still small voice which gave Elijah's terrified spirit a taste of the gracious loving kindness of his God, God came and whispered. You can only hear someone's whisper when you are close to them. And if we want to hear God speak to us, we need to be close to him. The presence of God in the night, in the darkness, when all around was hushed. He comes and speaks to meet us at our point of need. Maybe we need to learn again to be still and to be quiet and to listen for that still small voice. Because he still speaks today. And God delights. To speak. And give each a word. From himself. Remember that hymn we used to sing. And I quoted this so many times. I heard the voice of Jesus say. What did he say to you? And you know me. Because I've asked these questions umpteen times. And here's the three questions. I'll leave with you again. When did God last speak to you? What did he say to you? And thirdly, what have you done with what he told you? Thankfully, Elijah went and stood in the presence of God and God took him back to where he should be and used him mightily for his purposes. So not only do we have the presence of God, not only is God in the midst of us, but it says... Later on, he is mighty to save. So not just the presence of God, but now we have the power of God. He's the power to save. God promises to save all those who turn to him. God offers us the sure and certain hope of salvation. The Lord, your Redeemer, is with you. The Redeemer who saves lives among us his people the redeemed Isn't this fantastic the redeemer lives with the redeemed and he still offers forgiveness to us today he is mighty to save that's what the verse tells us he is mighty to save and christmas which we've just celebrated proves all that he shall save his people from their sins which he did at calvary And as one writer said, the babe of Bethlehem became the cursed on Calvary. Jesus was born that we no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth. Born to give us second birth. Jesus saves. For the Christian we have received that forgiveness. And although we continue to fall short, and that is why we continue to confess our sins to him. Zephaniah tells his listeners that those who have chosen to follow God will have nothing to fear at the day of the Lord. They are now under God's protection because he saved them. Imagine the comfort and the hope that the people got from that message as we do today. The message of doom is washed away by the Lord. They deserve God's wrath and judgment. But God has replaced judgment with salvation. Amazing. But those who have refused to listen will have to give an account for every sin that they have committed and will remain under judgment. Because sin separates you from God. Placing you under his judgment just as it did for the people of Judah. And the good news is this, it doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't have to be that way because the Lord is mighty to save. God wants to redeem you. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants to give you a new life if you don't know him as Saviour. Today the offer of full forgiveness in Jesus is there for us to take hold of. And despite your past, God promises Hope for the future. For those of us who are believers, let me ask you, what, what do you need saved from? Our situation? Our hearts, Our relationships? Maybe we need saved from the past. Temptation? Problems? Whatever it is, he doesn't want you to face it by yourself. He wants to exert his mighty power to save you from whatever it is. Now you and I know these words. The Lord is near to the broken hearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. He saves freely, fully and finally he saves us from sin. He saved us from Satan. He saves us from death. Jesus took on sin and death and Satan for us. And Jesus had been through all himself, the agony of the cross, the reality of the tomb. But with his resurrection and ascension, his full payment for sin, the devil can no longer accuse us. Because Jesus has set us free And as the song says, Jesus has swung open the gates of heaven for us. So let me say this to you. God God is not only with you, but he's for you. For you. Our greatest safeguard is the power of God. And all our weaknesses and our inabilities to walk in our own strength, or even just to keep ourselves right, we only have to call upon him. Because all his power is to us. Are we not kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation? That tells us that his power is to usward. Do not let imagine that we're strong enough to resist those evil influences or to face Satan on our own, because we can't. So we have this prayerful dependence upon god as expressed i know these oh so familiar words lord help me lord save me and these words can be the only secret of power and preservation amidst evil and opposition god tells us out of weakness in him we are made strong and you and i need to know and to grasp and to be aware of that our God is able to deliver us. God is powerful and mighty to save and is for you. Let me tell you a story I'm sure I've told you before. Paul Mallard, a Baptist minister down south, wrote a book called Invest Your Suffering, in which he talks about um, twenty cope with him and the family. I his wife was very ill. He tells the story of the witness of a Chinese Christian who'd been imprisoned for his faith. This Christian chap was demeaned as a human being and isolated from human contact. His cell was in a dark dungeon and his work was to clean the underground sewers in darkness. And basically, he was up to his knees in human waste going about his repulsive work. But against the stench and the pollution of the sewer, the Christian began to sing. I come to the garden alone, while the dew is still on the roses, and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. I'm bearing in mind where he is, And then he's able to sing the chorus and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. Can you imagine that? And when his captors realised they could not break him or his spirit nor put out the brightness of his song (laughs) they released him. Needless to say, wherever he went, as he told his story far and wide, revival broke out. Revival followed and village after village came to Christ. He is a man who knew the power of God. He is a man who knew the power of the cross. Saves. And out of the gloom and darkness A voice came singing to the very one who knew his plight, but who still walked with him and talked with him. Does that not give you assurance? Let's move on. He will take great delight in you. And that's the pleasure of God. You and I are special to God. We have value in his eyes. We are precious in his sight. You are the apple of his eye. God is glad that he made you. He's delighted. He's created you in his own image for his glory. God thinks of us. He he thinks of us with gladness. And God has said he's glad he made you. And if we have been redeemed... We are precious to Him. You and I, as Christian people, have to act as a person created for His pleasure. We're redeemed. Therefore, live as redeemed men and women. Live a life that is pleasing and obedient to God because it's for His pleasure, as I said, we have been created. Remember, God not only loves you, but he likes you. For God who so loved the world, who gave his son, now sits on the throne. And he's waiting to receive us. And God's pleasure prepares us a home. The verse goes on to say, he will quiet you with his love. And that is the peace of God. God calms you. He loves us not because there is anything in us that is lovely, but because it is the very nature of God to love. And as John said, God is love. And just to know that God loves us should bring peace. And all our anxiety of what is going on, knowing the precious love of God, should quiet us and bring calm to our hearts. The calm we desire is not something we can obtain for ourselves. It is difficult to calm an anxious heart, but God can. He loves and comforts us in his arms. the best parents can do it so lovingly, can't they? They pick up a child who is frightened, and they hold that child tight. And the child's reaction is to grab them, the mother or the father, to grab them, their neck so tightly. They won't let go. And eventually a sense of calm comes across that child. I'm always intrigued, and I think I've said this to you before, I'm always intrigued by shh. You know, you see, you see children, they fall, uh, their, their, their knees are bleeding, their arms are bleeding, maybe they've broken something and they come crying, Well, they maybe come crawling crying, and, and their parents just pick them up and know what the mother does. She holds the child down and all she does is shh. Oh, what a calm. I, I, I think in a way God comes to us. Not, I mean, shh, but shh. And that's where we get that calm. God is there to calm us because he loves us. And you know, knowing that Jesus died on the cross for us should bring us peace. The privilege of that peace with God that we learn that we may have full assurance and that we may know that we have been reconciled. So peace with God is just one of the privileges of being justified through faith. And as the Prince of Peace, Jesus came to put everything right. He came to help us, uh, to love one another, to accept one another, even when we are quite different or even disagree with each other. He come to bring us together, to give us peace. And all of us need that peace and rest psalm 23 he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters and the green pastures and the still waters can only be found doing god's will. he makes me lie down he leads me the shepherd leading the pastures of tender grass and the waters of quietness satisfy the soul The restfulness of his presence. You and I should enjoy that. It says he makes me lie down in green pastures. That speaks of tranquility. He leads me beside quiet waters. So we've got waters of rest. Good news, the Lord is with you. Even in bad times. So that we might know his rest. And the psalm moves on from the tranquillity of lush meadows and quiet waters to the terrors of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear the evil. why? Oh, because you are with me. amazing, like all of us, King David went through some difficult times in psalm twenty two David cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, we, we don't know what he was going through, but we do know he was hurting. You must be hurting to cry that out to God. And we know that he had experienced grief and the loss of his son, who was only seven days old. So David was familiar with grief. David was familiar with the valley of the shadow of death. But for David, he tells us that when he walked through that place, when he walked through the valley of the shadow, he was not afraid because God was with him, comforted him, protected him. And let me assure you that God still does that today. He brings that comfort. He gives that protection. He gives that help. So allow God to lead you to peace. Stop your striving. You be still and know that he is God. And lastly, he will rejoice over you with singing. That is the praises of God. Zephaniah brought a word of hope to Israel. God's love for Judah is so overwhelming that it can't be contained. What a powerful picture of God's love for us as he gazes at you. His love for you causes him to burst into elated singing about you. The day would come when God would live among his people. He would be their saviour and delight in them. The Lord himself will rejoice over his people with joyful songs. What a great vision for the future and for today. Wouldn't you just love to see God singing with joy? Over his people. Just to know that God is singing. If you know him. Over you. He will rejoice over you. As an individual. With singing. Anyone ever written a love song to you. Well God has. In this verse God loves. or God's love moves from strength. To silence. To song. He talks about being mighty. He talks about being quiet. And here he's back in, he's singing. I think he probably sings at a big loud voice. From the quiet of rest of being in relationship with us to exuberant rejoicing. He will exult over you with loud singing. This shows how much in love God is with his people. Do you picture God shouting in song when he thinks of you? And when we picture him as rejoicing, that should rejuvenate us. He sings over you because of what Jesus has done in you and for you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall God rejoice over you. He brings us before the throne of grace, And is proud of us. So in this year ahead. Take heart. God is with you. He delights. In you. As 2020 has passed. You have known the presence of the Lord your God with you. And as you enter a new year. Know that the Lord your God continues with you. He's still mighty to save he will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The presence of God, the power of God, the pleasure of God, the peace of God, and the praises of God. And may the same God who strengthens you be your all in all in 2021. May he richly bless you and yours and your household in the year ahead may it be spirit filled and may he draw those who once walked with him back to himself and may he speak to those for whom you have prayed for who as yet do not know him that they might find him and so cause much rejoicing in home and in heaven in 2021 god bless you and go with you. We finish our service this morning by singing Blessed Assurance Jesus is Mine. I hope that's true in your life. Blessed Assurance.